Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life podcast. My name is Lisa, I'm your host. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Carly Henderson, PCOS fertility and weight loss specialist from Charisma Nutrition. Welcome to the show, Carly. I'm so excited to have you on today. Hey, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I think this is such a great topic overall, fertility, and um, in general, there is so much to talk about when it comes to reproductive health for us women. So I'm excited for you to shed a little bit more light on some of those areas, particularly how they're linked with weight loss or struggle with that. Um, but I would love for you to simply start off with maybe your own story, how you got into nutrition, weight loss, fertility, and everything else. Yeah, I'm happy to share. So I think my story is a lot like other people experience. Unfortunately, it's not, I mean, it starts off pretty depressing, I will say, but there is a happy ending, I promise. So it all started back in um, 2018, I'll say. So my husband and I had been together for about six years. Uh, we flew away to Mexico from Canada to get married. And Literally the day we landed in Mexico, we found out that we actually had an accepted offer on a house that we wanted to buy. So it was a really big, exciting trip. All our family was there. Pretty wild night, I will say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were really excited to start this new chapter of our lives. So, you know, flash forward a few months, we're moved into this new big house with all these extra bedrooms. We already had a dog and two cats and our, you know, stable careers in the banking industry. Like we were ready for kids as, as ready as you can be and nothing was happening. So I had been on hormonal birth control in the past and, you know, you think you come off the pill or in my case, um, I had tried a few different other things, but nothing was happening. And I mean, I didn't even have a cycle. Like it was super frustrating. So um, I'll try to keep it as short and sweet as possible, but going to my family doctor, then going to an OBGYN, nobody was taking me seriously. I mean, to the point where they wouldn't even do blood work. They wouldn't do an ultrasound. They were just saying, you know, come back after six months of trying or come back if you have multiple miscarriages, like, you know, they were just not listening. And then obviously this is very stressful. Like I felt like something was wrong with me. So I finally found a fertility clinic about an hour away that would accept a self-referral. Um, so I did that and we made the long drive and, you know, I did get there and I did get my PCOS diagnosis, which I, you know, doing my own research, I kind of had a feeling that was what was going on. So it was not an ideal diagnosis, I'll have to say, but it was validating to finally be able to put a label on this thing and put a name on it. And then now I have a starting point. So she did give me um, a couple of really common prescriptions that a lot of women with PCOS get, which are metformin, which is supposed to help with weight loss. Um, you know, I was told the whole, yeah, just lose some weight and you'll get pregnant. No problem. And I mean, I was a little bit overweight, but I wasn't like crazy, crazy overweight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Did I want to lose maybe 30 pounds? Sure. By the end of it, I had gained like another 50 pounds. Like I had to take a leave of absence from work. I was getting prescribed drugs just to bring on a period. 
um, more drugs to try to help me ovulate. And it was honestly just a nightmare. Like the side effects of these drugs alone. Like, I think I almost crapped my pants in public a couple times on metformin. Like, and I know clients of mine have shared similar experiences. So it was just very depressing. So flash forward through several failed rounds of fertility treatments, like I said, having to go off work. Um, they basically told me that my only hope was going to be IVF. Like I'd had several miscarriages and ectopic pregnancy that almost killed me. Um, so I got on the waiting list here in Canada. You do get one free round of IVF if neither of you have a kid, but it is about an 18 month waiting list. They don't tell you what's going on with your body. They don't tell you, you know, there are other options out there. They just basically say, well, these pills didn't work. So now you're going to have to go through like one of the hardest battles to come. Right. So I honestly just had had enough. So I didn't go out at this with the plan of becoming a holistic nutritionist. Like I said, I was a financial advisor, um, but it really just started with me learning, you know, what is insulin resistance? What is going on with my body? Like I was trying to listen to them and lose weight. So that's kind of where it started. And the happy ending is I was able to lose about 70 pounds naturally. And I have both sons naturally. So that was just making changes in what I eat and my everyday life. So there are no two cases of PCOS that are the same, um, but finding somebody who will work with you to take the time to actually get to know your case and make those changes with you can be an absolute life changer. Like, I'm so glad I didn't give up and didn't need IVF. And now I have my two boys. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that story. And I am also very happy that it has a happy ending. <laughs> so um, beautiful to hear that there are, uh, or there is a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for, for some people that are in a similar scenario, perhaps. Maybe you could start us off with just um, giving us a little bit information about what actually, what is PCOS and how common is it really how does it manifest in like, yeah, what kind of symptoms I guess would we be seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So PCOS is actually way more common than people realize. It's the number one condition that causes, I'm not going to say infertility, but subfertility in women among reproductive age, at least in North America. Um, it's about between one to two in 10. So 10 to 20% of women actually have this and a lot of them don't even know it. So a lot of doctors may not take it seriously because technically it's a syndrome, not a disease. So it can be a little bit tricky to diagnose. Um, but if you meet two of these three following criteria, there's a good chance that you have PCOS. So if you have irregular cycles, uh, meaning, you know, 35 days plus apart, or maybe you have like periods very, very close together, that can be another tricky symptom as well. So irregular cycles. Uh, symptom number two is signs of high androgens. So that can be acne, hair thinning kind of around here, like kind of where you would see like male pattern baldness. So not all over that's kind of more thyroid or like the edges of your eye, your eyebrows is a lot more thyroid. Um, but having, you know, that male pattern baldness at your hairline, uh, facial hair, um, some people, even some women even get like hair on their shoulders, their chest, their nipples, just, you know, like places where you don't want it hair, where you don't want it. And it's thinning where you do want it. So that's a sign of high androgens like testosterone. And then the third symptom is actually showing polycystic ovaries on an ultrasound. So if you have two of these three, beat it is good to rule out some other things, like I said, like thyroid, but there's a very good chance that you have PCOS. 
Um, so some symptoms besides like, you know, the acne and the hair and their regular cycles, you may notice that you're like super tired all the time for no reason. You may have, um, velvety patches of skin and like your armpits or on your neck. Um, a lot of cravings, moodiness, irritation, and this is all to do with your blood, your blood sugar and your stress hormones working in the background against you. So I know that's a lot of information and a lot of people probably say, oh, well, I'm kind of bitchy sometimes, <laughs> or, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean have you, that you have PCOS, just that one symptom. But if you look at all of these things all together and you're like, Hey, like that kind of sounds like me, mm -hmm. um, you should definitely get checked out. Awesome. Thank you for explaining that. I think that that is very, um, you know, everyone can go within and kind of think which ones of those, if any, um, might I be struggling with? Um, you led into the issue with blood sugar or having some issue with, with blood sugar. How are PCOS and insulin resistance, which is so often linked, how, how or why are they linked? Why does that so often coincide and how does one perhaps influence the other? Absolutely. So there are four types of PCOS. So I don't want you to think they're like in different silos, like completely separate. More often than not, they all kind of merge together. So you probably have a little bit of all of them. Um, but the four drivers of PCOS are insulin resistance, inflammation, stress hormones or your adrenals being out of whack, or the fourth type is called post pill PCOS. So insulin resistance, um, basically the way that your body processes carbohydrates can have a huge impact on your inflammation, your energy levels, your metabolism. Um, and in turn, this impacts your testosterone and all sorts of other hormones in your body. So, um, those, polycystic ovaries, it's actually very misleading the name because they're not like a typical type of cyst, like a fluid filled sac that you think of when you hear the word cyst. Basically what these polycystic ovaries are is just a, an egg follicle that didn't make it to ovulation. Unfortunately, your, your hormones were just not, you know, where they should be that month. So your body had put all of this time and energy into growing this egg. So now it's bigger. Um, but it kind of gave up and moved along to the next one. So now you have all of these big eggs sitting on your ovaries that on an ultrasound look like a cyst and because of insulin resistance of which throws off your testosterone, um, that's where all of that comes in. Right. So same with inflammation, like, I mean, we're exposed to toxins constantly, the food that we eat our day-to-day -day lives. We have, we live very high stress lives. So all of these things together, I mean, unfortunately it's our environment and our genetics just not playing nicely together, but we can make shifts to actually reverse it. I won't say that there's a cure, but you can reverse your symptoms sometimes even a hundred percent. Awesome. Well, so much to go into. And um, I don't even know where to start, whether to start with the toxins or whether to start with the insulin resistance, but maybe we can start what sort of shifts you personally made in terms of your nutrition when it comes to optimizing your blood sugar levels. And then after that, sort of talking about what it means to reduce those toxins in your environment and how to help your, your body, your liver, et cetera, deal better mm -hmm. with those toxins. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing to know is that 
when I talk about PCOS and fertility, it's not just fertility. Like lots of women have PCOS and they're not trying to get pregnant. But the bottom line is that it is important to ovulate whether you're trying to get pregnant or not just for your overall health. And by addressing these things that I. We're having some issues with um, the audio. I don't know exactly. Awesome. Okay. Okay, we're back. We had some issues with the microphone. Um, yeah, <laughs> Carly, you were were explaining so beautifully to us how important it is for any woman to ovulate for overall health, um, whether you're trying to get pregnant or not. Yes, absolutely. So yes, I, I'm passionate about PCOS, fertility and weight loss. But at the end of the day, any advice that I give is designed to find and address the root cause of your PCOS and get rid of your symptoms overall. So not only is that going to boost your fertility and help you lose weight, if that's one of your symptoms, but it's also going to help your overall health and help um, reduce your chances of getting some other diseases that we are predisposed to in the future as well, like heart disease, diabetes, et cetera. So um, basically all of my programs follow what's called my four-step fertility formula. So number one is finding the root cause, what's causing your PCOS. So we go through a thorough assessment um, called the Charisma Compass, where we look at, okay, is it insulin resistance that's really driving your symptoms? Is it the inflammation? Is it your stress hormones? Are you coming off birth control? Like it's probably a combination of all of these things, but I want to know what can have the biggest impact with the smallest effort. You know what I mean? Like why set yourself up for uh, a bigger mountain to climb than you need to. So that's the first thing we do is really figure out what's driving your PCOS. Then we address what goes in and on your body. So that's your food, your supplements, um, products like your skincare and cosmetics, your cleaning products going on your body. Then we address those simple lifestyle changes. So your sleep, your stress management, your movement is huge, of course. Um, and then number four is recognizing and optimizing ovulation. So basically this is where the program differs for people who are trying to get pregnant or not. You either have sex when you're ovulating or you don't, or you <laughs> use a, you know, a barrier method or something. Right. So that's really the only difference on the advice that I give to women, whether or not they're trying to get pregnant. Sometimes supplements differ a little bit, but really it's just the timing portion. So, um, going into, you know, step one that's mostly symptoms based, but you can do some blood work for all of that. Um, but really just, you know, changing what you eat. So being strategic with making sure you get 30 grams of protein at each meal. You know, I try to get my clients to stick to a 10 hour eating window, right? We don't want, we don't want to do too much intermittent fasting because that can actually make your stress hormones a little bit worse for PCOS, but we also want to give your insulin levels time to come down right. And get into that fat burning mode and give them time to balance out your insulin and bring your testosterone down, et cetera. Um, be strategic with your carbs. So I'm not all for, you know, cutting out gluten, cutting out dairy, cutting out carbs. Like that can be very, very restrictive Do some people benefit from some, um, you know, tailored meal plans about, you know, pairing your carbs with protein and fat, for example, or not snacking all day, or maybe trying an elimination diet. Like there are definitely some things that you can do in there. Um, but a huge thing that is really underestimated, like you said, is the toxins, right? I mean, like what sort of brands do you use? Are you 
like using clean brands or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really, really good point because we can't live in a bubble. We can't isolate ourselves completely, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, those toxins, as you mentioned, coming from skincare products, coming from um, cleaning material, coming from um, pesticides on our, our food, even plastic containers. Um, and um, I think sometimes when you start talking about this, you scare people away because it's like, well, I can pretty much throw everything away that I have in my cupboards. <laughs> like, this is going to cost uh -huh. me extra, I don't know, several hundred dollars. Where should we even start? And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, of course, it depends on how, um, I guess, urgently someone is wanting to get pregnant. But for most people in, in, in my space, I just say, like, if we can phase those things out gradually that's absolutely fine so like next time you buy a new uh, moisturizer make sure it is actually organic and uh, you know um, uh, free of parabens and all the rest of it next time you're cleaning which products go uh, run out go and make sure that when you're replenishing them you do buy the ones that are toxin free etc so that we can at least um, eliminate things there and i think you know some of the higher offenders like drinking out of the plastic bottles, especially heated things or heating things up in plastic containers. That's where I'm a little bit more, um, can we stop that like now, basically, I uh -huh. guess. Um, but yeah, it, it obviously also depends on how quote unquote severe this, the person's symptoms are. Um, going further into the um, insulin resistance, because I think everyone can benefit from improving their, um, you know, how well we, 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 we tolerate carbs, how well our blood sugar levels are balanced. Um, so you mentioned some great things. You mentioned the 30 grams of protein per meal. You mentioned meal frequency, not too frequent, but at the same time, no extreme fasting, still giving our gut a break. I think those are, are really, really good pointers to begin with. What, um, sort of a role do healthy fats play in that also or fiber in general is that something that you address absolutely so we need fats to support our hormones right i mean the 80s and 90s just like killed our society oh it drives me absolutely crazy like fat is not the enemy um i mean we could go on and debate about saturated fat versus you know omega-3s yada 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 but at the end of the day we need fat to survive, right? So having healthy fats that actually can help curb the insulin spike that can hit, help us feel fuller longer. That actually supports just how our hormones function throughout our body. I mean, think about it. Our second most basic instinct next to survival is to reproduce, right? So if you're not able to reproduce, that is a red flag that something is wrong, right? Something is going on in your body. So that's what drives me crazy when you know, these doctors are not really giving you full information. They're like, oh, here's a shortcut, take this pill. Well, they're actually not judged on how many full-term healthy pregnancies that their clinic provides. It's just a healthy pregnancy test mm -hmm. or sorry, a positive pregnancy test, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't care and they're awful people or anything like that. They're using what's in their toolkit, which is a prescription pad. But <clears throat> think about it, the more issues that you have, the more money that they make. And at the end of the day, they are a business. So I don't like the fact that, you know, they're not addressing the insulin resistance and they don't even mention it, right? Like it is known that these are the causes or drivers of PCOS. But if you 
if you don't do any self-research, most people are not even going to even bring it up. So, I mean, it can be simple things. And I'm not saying that, you know, going the medical route is completely wrong if somebody wants to go that way, but addressing things like insulin resistance, inflammation, and your stress can significantly improve your chances of those medical treatments working as well. So, you know, going to bed at the same time every night, limiting time on your phone, um, planning ahead of time. You know, I'm not saying like you need to be hundred percent. We kind of live by the 80, 20 rule. And there are some, you know, supplements that can help you for sure. Right. There are so many things that you can do to help with insulin resistance and all the other things that come with PCOS. Really, really great um, additions that you mentioned here in terms of sleep, in terms of, you know, uh, stress management, how we perceive things. You mentioned movement as well. I, that is actually mm -hmm. one of my favorite methods for helping with blood sugar levels. Yeah. Walks, such an easy thing, even if it's just five, 10 minutes, you know, yeah. going up and down the stairs, whatever, but you're going to be processing and digesting things so much better in general. Um, so I like it. And in terms of uh, supplements, can you give us some specifics as to like what, what should most people take in your opinion? What should most people with PCOS take? What should most people take more to help stabilize their blood sugar levels? Are there specific things? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there is no one size fits all approach, but some really common deficiencies that I see in women with PCOS and myself as well. I had this too. Um, so number one is inositol. That is the number one, you know, clinically researched and proven supplement that is just as or more effective than metformin, but your doctor will not bring it up. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, it's even safe during pregnancy. And basically it's, it can come in a capsule. It can come in a powder. It has no flavor. You just take four grams or two tiny little scoops a day. I put it in my spearmint tea, which also helps with androgens. Um, and again, it helps to control your blood sugar, your insulin response, and actually helps improve egg quality as well and rates of ovulation. So oh some God. women, depending on your severity of PCOS, I mean, I'm not saying that there's any magic pill out there or anything, but if you haven't tried any supplements for PCOS, this would be the number one thing. Um, it can take, you know, three, six weeks to notice any improvements, but there are a ton of anecdotal stories, um, where women just start ovulating just from taking this one supplement. So it's pretty powerful. Um, but again, it depends on the person. Some other common deficiencies that I see are of course, vitamin D, especially living here in Canada. Um, and a lot of women that I help are, you know, in the Northern U S states as well. So, um, definitely a lot of vitamin D deficiency here, uh, magnesium, zinc, um, some other ones that help with insulin resistance are berberine is huge, but it's not recommended if you're trying to conceive right now, and it should not be combined with metformin. Um, I do have a supplements cheat sheet. If anybody wants the information about that, I can send you the link for it, but there are a lot and <laughs> they all do Very different cool. things. And, and, uh, no, thank you for also giving us the rough dosage in terms of, uh, inositol and that would be myo-inositol probably. Yeah. Um, um so there's myo-inositol and there's d-chiro-inositol. You can use either or, but my favorite is one that has them combined. So mm -hmm. a 40 to one ratio for myo to d-chiro. So the two brands that I personally like are PCOS Sense. You can just get it on Amazon. Um, the other one that's really popular is Ovacetol, but it's a little bit more expensive for the same thing. So I use PCOS Sense every day. 
I don't have like an affiliate link or anything like that. It's just the one that I use, but um, yeah, it's, you don't taste it or anything. Right. Yeah. Okay. So four grams is, does it matter if before meals or with meals or after? No, just no, whenever. No, I just put it into spearmint tea and, or you can take it with water. Some people just put it in their coffee, whatever you want. Perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, those other supplements that you mentioned are definitely something that I see um, sort of deficient in, or at least on the lower end for most of the clients or people coming to us as well in the sense of magnesium, omega-3. Um, and then sometimes, as you said, it's very, very person, uh, person dependent. And um, also things like um, vitamin Bs or yes. iron, those B12, kind of things. To omega threes, like there's so many, right? Yes. I mean, I think my supplements cheat sheet has probably 12 or 15 different supplements on there, and they're all either to do with insulin resistance or inflammation, usually. Awesome. Yeah, I'll make sure to link that. And in addition to that, before I forget to say it, but I will probably mention it later again. Um, Carly has a, a a beautiful PCOS to pregnancy fertility plan sheet as well, which is free on her her website. I'll definitely um link that up too. Um, but yeah, I want to talk more about the toxins as well. Um, is there or what are your preferred ways in the sense of nutrition um that we can support our body with the detoxing process or just generally trying to keep um environmental toxins as, as small as possible we, we talked about the skincare and the um plastic and everything else but in terms of what to eat and what can we do to help support that yeah absolutely so going back just so people understand why it has such a big impact on pcos um, so if you're doing all of these things, you're trying to change what you eat, you're trying to move your body, you're trying to, you know, get your inflammation down, you're trying to do all these things. Well, the things in your everyday life can actually make insulin resistance worse. So for example, PFAS, which are something that are found in a lot of cosmetics, anything that's sort of like nonstick, anything that has sort of a smooth texture, it can be found in water. Like it's honestly everywhere, nonstick pans, like it's everywhere. You're never going to avoid it hundred percent. Let's be real, but you can reduce your exposure. And the reason that you should do that is because it does make yourself less responsive to insulin. So here you are, you know, trying so hard to change your diet and working so hard to do these things, you know, running up and down the stairs after a meal, right? Like nobody really likes to do that. I don't think, but then there you go. And your face cream and this pan that you're cooking this quote unquote healthy lunch on, are making it all worse in the background. So that's why we need to go and actually take a holistic approach. So kind of like you said, making those small swaps as you run out of things, you know, maybe instead of, I don't know, a, a gift card for Christmas, you ask for some new ceramic or stainless steel pots and pans, right? We're going to get rid of the Rubbermaid and Tupperware, maybe switch to some glass, right? So making those switches and then to support your body's natural detox pathways, because I mean, please don't listen to any of these gimmicks and detoxes. And, you know, I have not seen any that are legit, to be honest. Um, maybe they exist, not that I've ever seen, but um, really eating to detox is really just supporting your liver, your kidneys and your body's natural detox pathways. So yes, our liver is there and that's what it's designed to do, but it was, it's behind, right? It's, it's, evolutionarily behind, right? It's not designed for 
you know, cars everywhere and all of these pesticides on our food and all of these chemicals in our products. And um, I saw a statistic and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it was like women, typical women use an average of, it was like over 20 products before they even leave the house in the morning. Right. Think about it. You have a shower, there's your water, your shampoo, your conditioner, your body wash, your, you know, your toner, your serums, your face cream, your makeup, like, right. Like your makeup is probably at least five or six different things, even if you don't wear a ton. Right. I mean, it's just a lot of exposure. That's a lot of burden on your liver. So loading up on things like antioxidants and cruciferous vegetables, dark colored berries, like I'm sure you've heard the advice before, like eat the rainbow, get lots of fiber, drink lots of water and not tap water, not bottled water, purified water, filtered water, um, getting an air purifier in your house, adding in plants to help with the air quality in your house. So I'm sure everyone has heard all of this advice before. And after you hear something so many times, you become a little bit desensitized to it, right? You don't realize like, eh, like I've heard this a million times, but there's a reason you've heard this so many times because it is, it's important, right? So there are things you can do to support your body and support your environment. I love it. I think um, I want to highlight the cruciferous vegetables and the fiber component, um, just because even though, as you said, you hear it over and over, but I think sometimes we're like, oh yeah, I have a little bit of berries there. I have a little bit of whatever, but in the end, um, you know, when it comes to fiber really often more is better for most people in terms of advice. Of course, we don't want to overdo it in terms of clogging up our digestive system, but do you have a, like a fiber amount recommendation for people or is it more like serving size mm-hmm. and sizes? Yeah. So 25, 30 grams a day is usually what I recommend. Um, and that's just adding in lots of fruits and vegetables. I actually use something called total cleanse. Again, I think you can get this just at Walmart or Amazon. It's organic. I add it into smoothies. You can sprinkle it onto salad because fiber is something that's hard to get enough of. Right. I mean, especially if you're not snacking all day, like I don't recommend. Um, yeah. So getting enough fiber is hugely important. So think about it. Your body only has so many ways to get rid of toxins, right? I mean, when you go to the bathroom, sweating, coughing, sneezing, like that's your body trying to get rid of things when you're sick, for example. Right. So, I mean, going to a sauna, that's another great thing. Um, you can even do dry brushing is another great way to support your lymph nodes and get that circulation going. But yeah, having that fiber, drinking enough water, it's hugely important for getting rid of things and keeping your body moving and not so sluggish and bogged down. Awesome. Um, In the sense of toxins and just overloading our liver a little bit, what's your opinion and recommendations for alcohol? Well, I think we all know about the new research that came out that kind of reversed that whole, oh, a glass of wine a day can be healthy for you, right? And the reason behind that was because red wine has something in it called resveratrol, which is an anti-inflammatory, which is also another supplement that I recommend for PCOS, side note. Um, But in order to get the amount that actually would have any sort of beneficial impact on the body, you would have to drink like, I can't remember, but it was thousands, thousands of glasses of wine. Like it's just, honestly, whoever funded that study back when they came out with it saying a glass of red wine could be beneficial. I'd like to know who funded that. And I can guarantee it was the alcohol industry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously the less alcohol, the better. 
I'm not going to say like, everybody needs to be sober a hundred percent of the time. Like, cause that's like, let's be real here. Like that's just not what life is. Right. I mean, I'm doing dry January right now, but did I have some champagne on new year's Eve? Yes. But if you're trying to have a baby, that's when somebody really should give up alcohol a hundred percent, right. Get your priorities straight. So, I mean, a little bit of tough love, but yeah, obviously <laughs> no. the less alcohol, the better. If you are choosing to drink, choose things that are lower in sugar, drink water for every glass of alcohol. Um, yeah, that's. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I mean, I try to shy away from really saying never have this, never do that sort of thing. Um, but I, I, I would say totally the less alcohol you can drink, you're definitely going to be better off. And I think with regards to those studies and in, in, in terms of showing some quote unquote health benefits for red <laughs> wine and so on, um, it's, it's also hard to say or hard to distract that or take that out of context sometimes, because if we look at things like the, the freaking blue zone thing that was on um, Netflix a while ago, you know, where, yeah, yes. Is there some truth to some of the commonalities? Sure. But are these documentaries sometimes portraying a little bit of a false picture? Yes. Also in my opinion, definitely. And in regards to, oh yeah, well, they were still drinking alcohol in the blue zones. They were also, some of these people were still also smoking even though they were, yeah. you know, and, and I hope we can agree that, you know, smoking is not something we should be recommending. So we need to, if we recommend one of their things, then please uh, look at the full picture. And I think we tend to underestimate also that they were very social creatures. They were in a really great community. They had, um, you know, they were spiritual. They had all these other things. So like, can we say really the fact that they lived to a hundred years was because they had a glass of wine per day? I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, that's why nutritional studies are so difficult, like observational studies anyway. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, they often paint a false picture. Um, so with your clients, um, I think you you have you have a, a, a phrase that you term the low tox life and of course we spoke about a lot of the components of that have we been um missing some of the uh steps or uh, things that the low tox life uh, consists of um and also you mentioned earlier you the first and the second step um what would be the the third and the fourth or following steps i guess when it comes to pcos as well Yeah, for sure. So living, and I say low tox, not no tox, because you're never going to be 100% non-toxic, right? I mean, this is a rabbit hole that you can get very deep and lost in. And I have gone down that road and I've just kind of accepted that there are, like, I use regular diapers. I mean, I try to use a better brand like Attitude or Hello Bello, whatever's on sale, but I'm not out here to like, you know, preach homesteading and cloth diapers. And I mean, if you have the time and energy to do that, by all means, you know, that's always going to be better, but there's only so much you can do and still keep your stress levels down. Right. So it's all about that balance. So living a low tox life, making those simple swaps, supporting your body, that's kind of all there is to it. I mean, I do make some targeted recommendations on certain brands that I trust, or, you know, there are apps that you can use that can help. So none of them are hundred percent accurate or reliable, but the one that I find the most helpful is the EWG app. So that helps you with, you know, the dirty dozen and clean 15, which, you know, isn't a perfect system, but if you're not following anything, it's better than nothing. 
Um, I give certain recipes for, you know, washing your produce effectively, but sometimes pesticides can seep deep in. So it's just, it's give and take, and you kind of have to accept that you're doing your best, but you're never going to avoid it a hundred percent. Um, so that's what goes in and on your body. And then step three was, you know, making those simple lifestyle changes. So like you had mentioned making, getting joyful movement, especially after you eat, right. Um, going to sleep at the same time every night and aiming for that consistent circadian rhythm to regulate your hormones. Um, sleep is when our body repairs itself, right? If you're stressed or if you have insulin resistance, um, I actually did, um, an experiment on myself and I actually had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant. So I was very familiar with checking my blood sugar and it was crazy because I would literally eat the exact same thing every day for five days in a row, just to make it easy for myself to not have to stress about what to eat. And depending on my sleep, which was really like one of the only factors that would change at the time and my blood sugar would be totally different. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. And there are studies out there that prove like how much your sleep can impact your blood sugar and your insulin. And it's crazy. It's not just what you eat, right. It's everything that's behind the scene. So looking at your life and it can be even things like learning to say no, like maybe you should stop that extra committee at work. Right. I mean, you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons and that's where we look at everybody individually, but really looking at that lifestyle, right? Like if you don't enjoy running, then don't run, maybe <laughs> do some dance videos, maybe go for a walk, maybe, you know, try Pilates to do a sport, right? Like you have to find some sort of joyful movement that works for you that you don't hate it. Absolutely. I love your philosophy, Carly. Absolutely. I, lo I love that. It's so holistic that you're really looking at it from, um, the big picture and that it's also, you know, you're not just helping women with PCOS to get pregnant, but really um, emphasizing on that, hey, we want to make sure that everyone has um, healthy ovulation. And in, in, in general, like our fertility really is kind of a picture of, of, of our health status at the moment, whether or not we're trying to get pregnant. Um, yes. So, Thank yeah. You. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think we were very, very much aligned with most of our um, philosophies, if not all. And um, I will definitely drop all your handles um, in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that you'd like to say to kind of round things off? Or I mean, you've given us a lot of recommendations already, but is there any final words you have? Yes. Yes. My one last piece of advice is that It's one thing to know something and it's another to actually do something. So if we, if information was the answer, I can't remember who said this, this is not my quote, but somebody had said, if information was the answer that we would all be billionaires and have six pack abs, right? Right. The, the issue or the problem, the struggle is actually putting the information into practice, right? I can't tell you how many women have told me, you know, I've tried every diet under the sun. Like I've tried working out. I've tried this. I've tried that. They feel like they've literally tried everything except asking for help. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, if you were going to learn a new language, a new instrument, you're starting a new job guaranteed, like there's training, right? You're not out there doing this by yourself. I mean, you're at least watching a course or a video online about it, right? Like you're not going to go it alone. Right. I mean, the chances of succeeding with that are extremely, extremely low. So why not work with somebody or find that support that helps you take that information, 
weed out all the garbage, find out what's actually pertainable to you and put it into action in your life. So that is so, so important. So if you have tried things and failed, like, please know it is not your fault. Your hormones are working in the background and there is no shame in reaching out and getting help. So, I mean, find somebody like Lisa, find somebody like myself or, you know, another person that, you know, but please like stop fighting this uphill battle alone. Even just from an accountability point of view. And I think sometimes we can free up so much like mental space by not having to worry about like, okay, what, what should I really choose? And just having someone to guide you so that you can relax and do whatever you do best. Like whether that's your job or being a mom. Yeah. Am I capable of reading and learning about taxes? Could I take a course on taxes and all that? Absolutely. But you know what? Why don't I just save my time, save my mental capacities? Like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to know all that. That's not my space, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to leave that to the experts. They're going to help me be successful. And, you know, hopefully I don't have to owe a bunch of money. <laughs> But That's such you know a good I mean? comparison. Like, it, I like that. Leave it to the experts right? That's their space. Just leave it to them. And you do your you stay in your lane. 100%. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That was a lovely way to round things off. And yes, uh, absolutely. Everyone go and follow Carly. And thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at nutrition coaching and life or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.